This is the Dice Tower Network, adding games to your wish list since 2005. The home of smart people, insightful board gaming commentary, and Luke Hector. Find out more at Dicetowernetwork.com. The Broken Meeple, Season 2, Episode 5, Conventions. Welcome to The Broken Meeple, a show devoted to board and card games. Today it's all about conventions, but not just the ones I plan to attend in 2017, but also my experiences at the recent HandyCon, a new starting convention for gamers around the UK. Did it do a good job on its first outing? Let's take a look. Hey folks, thanks for tuning in on a very cold 29th of January 2017 here in the UK. It's certainly been a bit of a cold month for, I think, us all, and it's thankful that we can actually just stay in in the warm and play some board games every now and again. So, this whole episode is about conventions, but I just want to get one or two things off my chest first before I continue. Firstly, the whole thing with the resurrection of the YouTube channel, that is still coming. It's just it's hard to find the time to really dig through the camera equipment I've got and play around with it. Now I've got some spare time today after I finish editing and uploading this podcast to do so, so I'm certainly going to get some practice in, hopefully it won't take me too long, but we're talking a decent spec DSSR, DSLR here, there's how much I know about cameras, and of course another Rode microphone and various other bits and tripods, and I've also got to test out in the room, see what the lighting's like, etc., see if it works on my table, and it, it's going to take time, but I am getting round to it, and I'm hopeful that in some point in February I'll be able to kickstart this off, even if it just means getting a teaser trailer out there, or some episode zero type thing, like a episode zero reboot for season two, just to say who I am, what I do, and a few other bits and bobs, you know, just a basic start to say the video's coming, and it is coming. I do intend to get this video up and running, I want to have people on the show, I want to get the Dice Portsmouth crew on here every now and again to banter with me about top tens, you know, there's a lot of good plans in the works, and of course I just need to make a start on learning the equipment and the new software. It is a bit of a learning curve. Now, what I would like to know from a few people who are listening is possibly some feedback on what you actually want to see on the video channel anyway. It is a given that I'll be doing reviews. It is also a given that I'll be doing top 10 lists. Sort of like the Dice Tower, but it'll pretty much be on my own for starters, and then I'll bring in other people once I either get more microphones or see how well a shotgun mic can actually handle two or more people. Probably not that well. I might have to do some additional investment when I've got a bit of cash available. Of course, it would also help if people could support the Patreon campaign because then it will make things a lot easier to be able to afford such things. Uh, If you want to know more about that, then check out the link at the end of the episode. Secondly, reviews are still going strong, although I am going to try and tone down some of the 
reviews that I'm doing for the next little while, not just so I can get some practice in for the video, but because I've got some outstanding titles that I need to get to the table more often, and they're quite big titles. We're talking things like The Others, possibly Conan, somebody is sending me The Colonist very soon, and I might even be in a copy of Vinos Deluxe Edition from the Kickstarter. These are big games, and it takes a lot to get these to the table, so I may have to put smaller games kind of on the wayside for a bit although I do have some expansions to review very soon you should find that small world river world expansion is going to be out in the next couple of days you will also start hearing from me on the dreamlands expansion for eldritch horror the xcom evolution expansion for hmm, funny enough xcom and of course the beyond the threshold expansion for mansions of madness second edition so expansions are certainly a lot easier to get to the table than a brand new game where you've got to learn a whole new ton of rules and obviously get people interested in it at various clubs so before I get on to the main highlight which is discussing HandyCon 2017 I just want to mention about other conventions this year as in my planner. Firstly good news, originally I thought I wasn't going to be able to attend Essen 2017. The price point was just a bit too high for what you get there on top of having to buy lots of games there and do everything else. Well there may be a glimmer of, well a glimmer of hope, it's almost certain but you know let's not get ahead of ourselves just yet. I was kindly offered a chance to go to Essen with Grubbling Games. They are a Cornwall-based publisher in the UK, and they've done some classic games like Waggle Dance and the upcoming Perfect Crime as their kind of almost a magnum opus for the last year. Now, what they have kindly offered is to basically take me along, put me up, and you know, obviously for me, lessen the cost of going to Essen in exchange for helping them on their stall, which is going to be less labor intensive than last year, but basically helping them out for probably a good 40 to 50% of the convention. That's fine with me, because at the end of the day, I didn't need all four days of the convention to get everything I wanted done. If you just plan your convention ahead of time and just get the stuff that you really want to prioritize out of the way, you can enjoy the convention fine in a matter of two or three days, let alone four. I remember in the last Essen I was pretty much half bored on the final day and spent most of my time with the Dice Tower crew at their stand. I didn't have to, I was only booked in for an hour, but at least I was able to help them out and just chat to them. You know, I'd pretty much done everything on the convention, I didn't need to do anything else. So I should be able to spare some time to help them out and of course that still leaves me chance to you know, see the Dice Tower stand when they're there, uh, to go to the Dice Tower live show, that will be like essential, but also to get the important games that I want demoed. I just have to prioritize my time and not focus on all the weird little ones that aren't going to interest me. I must pick out like the top 10 to 20 things I got to find at the convention and stick to them and get them done, particularly on Thursday and Friday when the convention is not that busy. But if that all goes well, then huzzah, I will be attending Essen 2017 for the entire convention. And of course, even if I'm helping out at the Grubbling Games stand, you can just come along and chat to me and the gang there, because it will be great to see you all. Failing that, I'm sure you'll catch me around the convention at some point. As well as Essen, I will also definitely, like mandatory now every year, be going to the UK Games Expo in the first weekend of June 2017. This is basically a no-brainer for me. I will go to this convention every year without fail unless some major event is going to stop me. Because after all, it's about two and a half hours up the, up the road to Birmingham and I can get a hotel room in the actual 
like the hotel where all the games have been played in the Hilton and it's just a solid great convention and it's improved so much in the last year or so when it moved its uh, trading exhibitions to the NEC center that was a good move and even though there's still some wrinkles to iron out from that move it's just going to get better with time and of course the Dice Tower gang are going to be there as well so that's a given I will be at the UK Games Expo no questions asked already got everything booked on the subject of slightly lesser known conventions, I will of course attend as many of the Stabcon South conventions as they can as I can, sorry. And they will be hosted in Southampton, the Jury Inn, one in April and one I suspect in October, maybe early October is generally the timing. It's a small little gathering where you've got a couple of hotel rooms and everyone just turns up and plays games. Nice and simple, nothing too you know strenuous there, but it's literally half an hour across the road, so of course I will attend those whenever possible. But the main convention on the sort of horizon, shall we say, is Aircon, A-I-R-E-Con. This is a repeat visit because Mark Cook, who arranges it, invited me up to the last one, which was in Bradford last October, and I really enjoyed it. It was only for about two days, but there was a few exhibitions there. There was obviously the chance to play lots of games. There was a retailer, a bring and buy, a library, etc. But the highlight was obviously recording the live podcast session with the Polyhedron Collider and Breacher 18 and Cult of the New, where we basically ranted about games we didn't like. It was great fun, and hopefully we might be able to do a repeat of something, maybe with a slightly happier topic. I don't know, but whatever comes up, I will be game for it no matter what. But the next one is on the 10th to the 12th of March, I believe. I think those are the three dates, and it will be taking place at the Harrogate Centre in, well, Harrogate, which is not too far from Leeds. So the intention is that I will be going to this one in full. I've already got my hotel booked. I just have to sort out my transportation there, which at the moment, for cost reasons and hassle reasons, is probably going to have to be the same as last time. Get in a car, get a lot of music available, get a lot of podcasts that you haven't listened to, lots of snacks from the co-op shop, and then drive for five hours. <sighs> it's a hard one going to that convention travel-wise, but trains are just too expensive, and even the air flight is not that particularly cheap either, not to mention, not to, sorry, my, God, my English is all over the place today, not to mention that the times for the flights are not that convenient, so suck it up, get in the car, drive for five hours, I know the uh, M1 and all that is one of the most boring roads in existence, but oh well, gotta suck it up, it's two and a half days of gaming, so I'm certainly going to be keen on that. And of course, I will consider other conventions as they come along. I am very tempted to attend Manacon this year when it was uh, when it's hosted in July. I couldn't make it last year due to a date clash, but maybe I could attend this one because I did like Manacon last time. Although it would be nice to have more people that I know going to it because I was kind of like oh, um, I don't know anyone at this one. Uh, Midcon in November. Less likely so, it is a bit of a further distance, and again it has the same problem where I don't know that many people who go to it, but I will consider that one. Other than that, well, if there are any conventions that pop up during the year, you know, some small ones like Gathering of Friends, etc., that get shown my way via the Queen Lane advertiser, or if people just want to throw a link my way of some upcoming conventions, then, well, I'll give them a look, because it will be cool to try them out.
So, what's the main topic for today's podcast? Well, earlier in January, I was able to attend HandyCon 2017. Now, I know the name doesn't exactly sound like something board game related, but stick with me here. This was arranged by Paul Harris and his team as a first convention. This one has not been done before. This is, you know, a new convention that has sprouted up in January and will probably repeat around the same time, I would expect. Which is not necessarily a problem because January is a miserable cold month where nothing happens. So I certainly wouldn't mind more conventions springing up around this time to keep me occupied. And this one took place in High Wycombe at the Holiday Inn. So not a huge like premises or anything, but you know, a place where you could stay for the night. You could get your food there. There was some restaurants nearby within walking or driving distance. There was an Asda nearby for snacks. And the only rule you had to abide by was obviously you had to only drink alcohol on site. Other than that, you pretty much had free reign over the function rooms at the back of the Holiday Inn where all the gaming took place. Essentially, it's one of those what I like to call gathering of friends style conventions where people just turn up and play games. There were many rooms booked out, some for tournaments, some for specific things like small games and 18xx, some for demos and playtesting, and of course some big rooms where it's just a case of find a table and play some games. Always good, I actually prefer these conventions to the big massive exhibition ones, mainly because sometimes you just want to meet up and play lots of games. Don't get me wrong, I love the UK Games Expo and I like Essen, but they can get quite overwhelming in terms of crowds and what's going on, etc. And sometimes you just want to meet up with your buddies and play some games old and new, and that's what I like about these conventions. Now, of course, the big worry was that a first convention would have some issues on starting up, but... For the most part, just to sort of give an overall thing before I get into more detail, this was run really well, I thought. This one had a very passionate group of people running and running the place and sorting out people's issues and running the front desk, you know, getting tournaments arranged, you know, organizing all the tables ahead of time. These were passion, these people were passionate about getting this convention up and running properly. And you could tell that just by the advertising. One thing that drives me nuts with conventions when people try to set them up is that they don't advertise themselves enough. They don't get the buzz going to say, here's a convention that we're doing. Please come along. These guys have been touting this praise of this convention since at least June 2016 and that was when I bought my ticket. It might have even been going on before that so there was a lot of buzz going for this convention and as such they filled out their numbers which I think was about 200 people between 200 and 250 I believe or maybe it was close to 300 or whatever between 200 to 300 people which is quite a good size for a convention they managed to fill out those numbers and as such there were plenty of people and lots of activity going on but not enough to cause crowds or overcrowding i never once had to look around and struggle to find a table there was always somewhere i could sit Granted, the bigger tables where you're trying to put something like a five-player scythe on the board is going to be in high demand. But for the most part, you could find a table and everyone got round to playing their favourite games and, you know, enjoying the activity that was going on there. So, you know, thumbs up, certainly for the basics. A lot of tables and a lot of gaming. There was not so much in the way of exhibitors there. There were one or two that popped up during the convention, but there was also some demos being run by my buddy Paul Grogan from Gaming Rules, who was there showing off a few games from, well, who else? Check Game Editions, but also a couple of extra titles on the side, like the upcoming Gloomhaven, which Kickstarters should be getting their backing soon. 
And this one I actually managed to get a chance to jump in a demo of. And it was a long demo. Then one of the problems with these tactical skirmish miniature games is that the, the actual missions tend to take a lot longer than the time on the box says it does. Most of them will say, oh yeah, you can wrap one of these up in 60 to 90 minutes. Well, for your first couple of learning games, it's going to take you nearly twice as long as that. And I know with experience that can come down, but yeah, we all know the story. Skirmish miniature games always take ages to do one mission. But Gloomhaven is a campaign-based fantasy skirmish miniature game, which almost has a kind of legacy element to it. You're not necess- It's not quite the same as a typical legacy game where you've got the board and you augment the board, but you have a campaign setting here where it kind of... As you go through, you're augmenting certain, you know, cards and taking cards out and putting new stuff in as you, as you meet new monsters, as the world changes, you know, depending on your chosen decisions at one point, it will have branching paths, your characters will level up and get new skills, you will customize this little deck you have which shows like combat modifiers, so, you know, you've got like plus one, zeros and minus ones, you can customize that to be an absolute combat munchkin. Or you can customise your various skills and go down a path of what character do you want to be. The tank, the damage, the healer, the support, the spellcaster, whatever. It's got a lot in this box. I mean, the box itself is enough to crush your skull if you were basically to use it as a weapon. It is huge. But I have to admit, I was quite impressed with it. I, you know, the game went on a bit long, yes, but I enjoyed it. I liked the options I had during my turn with how you played the cards. I enjoy fantasy-based skirmish miniature games anyway. I really get into the theme of them. It was great that I could choose a character that was truly unique among all the ones that were there. And the challenge rating was certainly quite high. And I like the way that you can tweak the game difficulty-wise for if you have a solo character going through who then gets joined by some friends who are all low levels. I like the way it's flexible enough to deal with that. So I'm a little bit gutted that I didn't kickstart this when I had the chance, but I usually ignore miniature games on Kickstarter because, well, it's never always the case that a Kickstarter of miniature games is going to do that well, let's put it that way. But this one I've got some potential buzz for. I think it was solid. I will look forward to this when it comes out on a retail version. Hopefully I might be able to get a copy and do a sort of first few plays review of it because obviously I can't exactly go through an entire campaign before I review it. It's a it's got so much content in this box apparently that it's going to take forever to finish a campaign. So forget doing that before I stick a review out. But I really enjoyed it. It's a great little skirmish miniature game with a tons of potential it's hard to tell because we only played one single mission to see what all the potential of this campaign leveling up does but if it's got half the detail that Paul was giving me there I think this one could be a surefire hit and one worth checking out so Gloomhaven definitely give it a look when it comes out for the most part during the convention other than those demos though I was essentially just playing games and enjoying myself, you know, meeting people I know from Facebook and Twitter and some friends from my Southampton and Portsmouth groups coming up to join me for games. A couple of tournaments were being run, which I don't tend to go for because I don't like to make games more competitive than they already are. As soon as you put like a prize at the end, it just gets, I don't know, it almost seems to drain some of the fun out and gets people acting too serious during them. But maybe I'll go to some next time, but 
There were some tempting ones here, I must admit. There was a viticulture tournament, and I don't class myself to be a viticulture experienced, you know, veteran by any means, but I love the game so much, it is my number two game after all, that I was almost tempted to join up just for the sake of playing it. Unfortunately, I decided, nah, I'll go and just try some new games out and show other people, you know, games that I had with me. So, you know, maybe next year. Certainly, I wasn't exactly as keen to jump into the Mega Civilization tournament that was being run by a friend of mine from a Southampton group, Claire Horscroft, who has bought my copy of Mega Civilization because I used to have my own copy from Essen, played it once at the UK Games Expo, decided it wasn't for me, it was just far too long, and I disagreed with some of the mechanics that were in it, and so sold my copy to Claire, who has now been playing it quite, you know, a lot as many times as she can since, and has usually taken it to conventions to run as a tournament game setting, so fair play, at least it's going to some good use. But there was a whole room dedicated to that, and it was cool to just drop by every now and again, poke my head round and say, oh, okay, this was doing pretty well. Generally speaking, the convention ran pretty smoothly without too many hitch-ups. Only one or two things sort of sprung to mind, and most of them were actually on the basis of the Holiday Inn rather than the organisers themselves. There was a bit of an issue with uh, the you know litter being a bit too much on some of the tables, but unfortunately the Holiday Inn only seems to have bins that are about two foot high and barely can hold you know a few sheets of paper, let alone all the food and drink snacks that board gamers get through. So there was a bit of a run around trying to get, you know, black bags and cater for people's litter. So hopefully that will be some, you know, small wrinkle to be ironed out next year. But certainly I would probably suggest for anyone going next year, bring some rubbish bags with you and just pick up your own litter and be clean. I just think it will make for a more cleaner experience in the future. There was also a bring and buy sale there, which I always like to be able to take some of my games and sell them off. Although there was limited success in actually selling them off. I don't know if people are just getting a little bit too uh, stingy with their prices at the moment, but I thought I was doing mine for relatively cheap considering they were very, like, well, you know, decent condition copies, but not a lot of them were selling off, you know, particularly anything by Eagle Griffin games, really weirdly. But... The only thing is, is that the bring and buy stand is unmanned, so you pretty much just have to dump your stuff on a desk, leave it there with some post-it notes, and hope that no one nicks it. Now, I know that most board gamers are honest, generous people, and would not stoop to such things, but it was recorded that there were one or two games going missing from the bring and buy sale after the event was over. None of mine, thankfully. All mine that I expected came back to me. And all the sales that I made went over pretty smoothly, usually by text message during the day. But, yeah, you are going to get this with unmanned bring and buy sales. You have to accept that there is a bit of a risk that your games may just come under the eye of a slightly more unscrupulous person. And it might have even just been a harmless mistake. Maybe somebody took the game without realising it, but... You know, you never know. The idea is is that these things are better when they're manned, and unfortunately, you know, for a first convention, you can't really expect it to be fully manned. There's only so much space. Maybe next year there'll be somebody on it on a permanent basis. I think that would be quite useful just for it to have its own corner and have people, you know, bring their games in, put it on the shelves with the post-it notes, but just have somebody supervise it. I think that might go a long way for the future, but... You know, there's only so much you can do with the space, the time, the staff, and the money. So you have to accept these things going in. And it's a relatively small issue, because for the most part, it ran pretty well. It was just the problem with bring and buy sales is that a lot of people want to bring and buy. So you really do need a lot of space for these things. 
So what games did I end up playing? Well certainly from my own bag I was able to show off the new edition of Citadels, plenty of games of Deception and Murder in Hong Kong were played, a few of games of Insider were done to show off that nice little Deception 20 questions game, and finally I was able to get my copy of Fields of Green played, which first impressions it's a little dry I think. I mean the theme is there but you know people are quite quiet when they're playing the game for the first time so I don't know what to make of it for now. It's still good. I mean first impressions it's a seven but I need to play it more to see whether it's going to be a keeper or not. This is Fields of Green from Artipier Games which is essentially the farming equivalent of Among the Stars. But other than that, I was able to take some games off the library and play them with others, and there were mostly games that I were like they were on my hit list that I needed to get played that other people had. The main sort of highlight on this was well, I say highlight, the main one off the wish list I had to get played was Great Western Trail. Now, Great Western Trail has had all the hype. I mean, everyone is banging on about this game saying it's the best strategy game of 2016. Well, I have now played it. In fact, I have played it twice now, and it won't be long before I've played it another one or two times in the next week, where I'll be able to then start giving my review on it, and it will be a fair review. First impression so far, it's alright. I don't hate it. I, I don't even think it's a bad game. I think it's decent. It mechanically works very well. There's a lot of stuff going on in the game. It will keep you thinking. It's quite brain burny. It does have some issues, though, which do keep it off something like a top 10 list, and certainly not the best game of the year. It is too long. It is about two, it's at least a three hour game until you are really experienced in it, and three hours is quite a long time when, for the most part, the game is a rinse and repeat affair. You wander around this board visiting locations, you go to a market, sell some cattle, which is basically a Almost not quite a stapled on deck building mechanic, but it's a very small little hand management thing where you you have to buy better cattle and get rid of your weaker stuff. You know, fairly easy to manage. But you basically run around 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 this board, buying and selling cattle, visiting buildings and going to the market and pushing this little train along a separate track. And it does get a little bit samey after the first 90 minutes, certainly after two hours I'm thinking, okay, this is good, but we seem to be a long way away, so, you know, how long before we finish this game? But overall, I enjoyed it. The people who were teaching me were very good at teaching me, I picked it up very quickly, tried a tactic which apparently doesn't seem to be a very popular one, which is focusing on all the builders and getting lots of buildings out. That scored me a lot of points for that, but it seems that by doing that you really do mess yourself up in a lot of other ways, and from what I've heard, it's the less popular, sorry, the least popular strategy to go for in that game. And I can see why, because the others were more keen on moving that train along, and that seemed to give them so much leeway in the future, as well as concentrating more on their their cattle. So, oh well, like I say, I tried a cattle tactic in the second game I played, and that worked out for me a lot better. Still didn't win, but I came close, but it was certainly, I felt like my engine was going a lot better by focusing on that than caring too much about the buildings. Of course, everyone's going to have a different opinion of that, but for now, that's just what it has from experience. I'm going to try different tactics in the next two games and see how it goes from an even spread. But, so far, I I think it's alright. It's an okay strategy game. If you like mechanics rather than theme, this is a good one to go for because the theme is not that strong here. I mean, it fits, but it's not like it's dripping. You don't really feel like a cattle rancher while you're doing this. 
you know, you've got Native Americans sitting around with these uh, teepees or whatever that are on the board, and you basically just remove them and get some money. Okay, that's weird. I'm not sure why that gets you money, but never mind. And it's okay. It's a mechanical euro, bit long, but it works. It's just, at the moment, not something that I am likely to go mad over. But, like I say, a fair review is coming. But easily, the free highlight games that I play during the whole convention would be Deception Murder in Hong Kong. This one goes down well wherever I play it and whoever I'm with. It's just so much fun to play this game, whether I'm the forensic scientist, the murderer, or even just a normal investigator. It was great fun. I think I was the murderer in one game, and I was able to basically get away with it, so, you know, good on for me, I was able to fool everybody to stop going for me, and it was just great fun, I love Deception of Murder in Hong Kong, this is one of my favourite games, almost, will it, I, I feel like I've been too harsh on it to give it a 9, this almost deserves a 10, I might have to redo my rating at some point, it is just that much fun, but that was always a highlight for a convention. Sadly, I wasn't able to get my copy of Cosmic Encounter out to the table like I like to do at conventions, but, uh, well, maybe next time. The other two highlight games would be Argent the Consortium. That was the massive, you know, two and a half hour plus Euro game based on, like, an anime world. I forget what it's called. It's basically, like, the characters you get from Pixel Tactics and things like that, the Argent University and it's done by Level 99 Games. This is a brain burner of a Euro. There are so many options you can do from casting spells, collecting items, getting supporters, etc. But if you've never had a chance to look at Argent the Consortium, you should really give it a look because it is a very thematic, very mean, it can be quite mean, you know, you are effectively knocking off other people's mages in a worker placement style, but oh, the wealth of options you have and the variety in the setup and gameplay... Just make this one an absolute blast. I think this has consistently been in my top 30 games of all time, and it's one that I always like to get to the table. Thankfully, the ones that I know who like playing this game have now got it down to the point where we don't take that long to actually play it. Okay, it's still quite long. We're talking at least two and a bit hours, but certainly it's no longer the three and a half hour monstrosity that it used to be. So this one is always a highlight. But definitely the favourite game that I played was The Pursuit of Happiness. I was able to play this and teach this to, I think, two new players? Or was there three? No, I, think there was only I think there was only three of us in total. Yeah, three of us in total, one new player, and a friend of mine who also adores this game. The Pursuit of Happiness was in my top ten games last year, and it probably will remain so for the foreseeable future, because I just really love this. Game of Life, the Euro edition, but the variety in this game is just out of this world, especially with all the mini expansions and revisions that you've got in the second edition print of it. But that aside, the Pursuit of Happiness is just all about the stories. It doesn't matter who wins at the end of the day, it's just the stories you tell about your life where you decided to have a pet and then go, you know, go uh, shooting at the rifle range before you decide to start a D&D uh, &D campaign with your friends and then, you know, become a news presenter and then suddenly in your old age become a ninja and join a motorcycle gang while also getting a job as, you know, a politician and then becoming the president all while trying to maintain your relationship with your money-grabbing girlfriend, Susan, who's trying to, you know, take all your money but gives you a lot of bonuses for doing so. I mean, it's... If you don't understand what I'm saying, you really need to check this game out to find out more, because 
it is just such a good sandbox game. One of my favourites, and every time I play this game, it's just such a good laugh to tell the story, and particularly with my friend Justin, who adores this as well, we have so much fun playing this because we just get immersed in the theme and just tell the stories and just laugh it out loud. It's such good fun. That was definitely my highlight of the convention, and it probably is the highlight of many a game night when I get to play The Pursuit of Happiness. I think I've already reviewed this, so check out my review to find out more. The last highlight I'll go over very briefly was a board game-themed pub quiz. Uh, I did this one at Aircon as well back in October, but there was one for this one as well, where it's a general pub quiz, but all the questions are board game-related. This one I jumped into because I don't normally like pub quizzes, because I'm pretty much like, I suck when it comes to trivia, but with good company I'll still join them, and a board game-themed pub quiz? Well, that's more my special subject, so therefore I can at least jump in for that. And lo and behold, myself and three others from our Southampton group took it on, and we kind of blitzed it. And I mean really blitzed it. I mean, the t- we were the top scorers with, I think, about 85.5 out of 100, and I think the closest one was in their 70s. I mean, we really did well in there. Granted, I have a slight advantage being a board game blogger, so my knowledge of the you know board game industry and you know Kickstarter and what games are coming out and who designed this and what pieces are is you know gonna get a bit more exposure from being a blogger. But still, I needed the teammates with me because there was plenty of stuff like you know anagrams and various like picture things where I was like, oh god, no, I suck at these. I need some help. And thankfully, as a team, we did well. Granted, I would have liked to have got something other than just a little Hanabi for it, but oh well, at least that's my birthday present for my brother sorted. It's It was just a good little fun time, and certainly if there's another board game quiz next year, I'll join that because it's a nice break from playing board games where you can just sit, have a drink, and enjoy some board game trivia. Though I will say I have not met a more harsh a quiz giver than the girl who was doing it on that one my god you had to fight for every half a point sometimes where it's like if you haven't given the exact permutation title of a game including the bits where nobody even says them in public conversation you were you know you were denied points and my god we had to fight for every last half a point on that one I'll have to see whether there's a time when I might run one of these maybe at a local convention. I know that we've got to arrange our Portsmouth on board convention at some point, probably in the summer. Maybe I'll do a board game pub quiz there. That might not be a bad idea, actually. Or maybe I could do something with the Dice Portsmouth crew for one of their events. I don't know, I might have to chat to them on that. That might be a good laugh. But it was still great here, and if they do one next year, I'll probably join it then and see if I can do as well then. But overall, HandyCon 2017 was, I believe, a great success. Well done to Paul Harris and his team for getting this arranged, getting it set up and organised, and running it pretty smoothly for your first go at a convention. I have to say, most people tend to crash and burn at this, or they have so many issues that need to get sorted. This one ran very smoothly. You guys were on the ball and knew what you were doing. Yes, it's not 100% perfect, but for a first convention, it was solid and I had a great time. There is no question that if I am free next year in January to come to HandyCon 2018, which they're already planning, that I will be along for that. It was a great event, 
And, you know, it's great to have a convention that's only within 90 minutes drive of me. There's really difficult to get a convention close to home when I live in Portsmouth, Waterlooville way, considering I'm at the bottom end of the country and most of them tend to take place in the north. So, thumbs up. Great convention. HandyCon, I recommend that when they start properly advertising the 2018 convention that you get on board and come along and chat to me and them there because it is definitely worth your while. So that's it for me. I'm going to wrap this one up now, get it edited and uploaded because I've got plenty to do with camera kit and various other games to test later today. I've had some spare time this weekend, which is a first for me. So I'm going to try and use it as much as possible. So until the next podcast episode, which I don't know when it will be or even what topic it's going to be on, I'll have to do some thinking on that. But for now, I would certainly like to get some feedback as to what you want to hear on the podcast. I would also want to get some feedback on what you would like me to do in my YouTube videos. I want to know, other than reviews and top 10s, what else would you like me to do videos of? Although, please don't say unboxing or rules videos. That's one thing I ask, because unboxings I find to be just pretty dull. I mean, you can easily go online and find out what's inside the box, so why do you need me to rabbit on about it? And rules videos... I did some of them before on the first season on my YouTube channel, but it there's problems with it. One, they take a long time to record and edit. They are notoriously bad for that. Secondly, we already have some pros doing that these days. I mean, Paul Grogan does a good job on gaming rules, but then you've also got Rodney's Watch It Played, which is, you know, pretty much like the king of all the rules videos. So, seriously, what am I supposed to do that they can't, apart from just tackle games that they haven't? Maybe in the future I might consider it, but for now I want to stay away from rules videos because also if you get a rule wrong, oh my god, people come down on you with a giant sledgehammer to let you know that your life is worthless and you shouldn't be doing videos. Seriously, people can be rude, but that's why I want to stay away from that side. So I want other ideas, you know, do you want some like Q&As, do you want uh, special like lookbacks where I talk about games I reviewed a long time ago and how they fit, do you want me to do a gateway game segment like I did on the Dice Tower starting tile thing but in video form, we'll see. But certainly I'm going to do reviews and top 10s and I guarantee if I can get this up and running properly, I will do my top 100 this year in video form. So that will be something to look forward to in the summer when the next anniversary of the Broken People comes around. So anyway, that's enough rabbiting on. I'll let you get on with your day. So that's it for me. Take care and remember, it's only a game. Thanks for listening. If you want to find out more about The Broken Meeple, there are various sources for you to choose from. You can check out the written review blog at brokenmeeple.blogspot.co.uk. You can find me on Facebook at The Broken Meeple. You can find me also on Twitter at The Broken Meeple. If you live anywhere near Portsmouth, Hampshire, you can come to one of our board gaming clubs. Search for Portsmouth on board on meetup.com or Facebook and check out our pages. Also, check out my Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash thebrokenmeeple and pledge anything you can to help me get back into video and improve this experience for you. Thanks for listening, take care, enjoy playing games, and from me and everyone else at the Dice Tower, have fun gaming. You're listening to the Dice Tower Network. If you like this show, you might like Onboard Games or the Board Game Point of View podcast. 
Find out more at Dicetowernetwork.com.